Hey, really quick before we get started, please remember to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. Feel free to check me out on my website, rhitch.com. I have a lot of great PDFs, white papers, past recordings of webinars, you name it, a lot of valuable information. And also please give this show a rating as I always appreciate your feedback. Hello and welcome back to the Financial Breakaway Podcast where I try to take confusing personal financial planning and investment related topics and try to break them down into plain English for the everyday person. My goal in these conversations is to help you break away from your personal financial confusion and end up on the right path to reaching your financial goals. I am Ryan Hitchcock, your host, and I am a financial planner with High Point Capital Group out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Okay, so this is my first episode in my series on thematic investing, where I wanna take a deeper dive behind the headlines of certain industries I like and think are going to be growing in the future. So if you haven't listened to my intro episode on thematic investing, might be a good time to reference back to that. In this episode, I have an amazing guest, Nico Bartolomeo. He's actually a great friend of mine. He's an expert in cybersecurity and works in the field for a company called Calypso. I learned a ton from him in this conversation, so I know you will too. Um, It's actually an interesting time to be discussing cybersecurity as from the time we recorded the interview to the time I'm recording this introduction, we as a world are seeing a new cyber threat and actually one of the biggest cyber threats we've ever seen they're saying. And this is uh, through the exposure of what they call the log4j code or programming code. This is a vulnerability. It's a Java code called this log4j, which is on pretty much any website or device. They say it's a very commonly used set of code. So um, stay tuned to see what comes of this one. Knock on wood. There's a lot of work being done here as well. Now, everything said in this episode is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions alone. All statements regarding companies made are strictly beliefs or points of view held by myself or Nico and not a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold any securities. Myself or Nico may or may not maintain positions in securities discussed. Okay, let's get into it. everyone welcome to the episode i have a amazing guest i'm super excited he's very knowledgeable guy working in the cybersecurity industry actually my first guest to the episode and the podcast here nico um and also happens to be one of my great friends so i have uh, nico bartolomeo here with me today he's uh um works in the cybersecurity industry so thanks for being here how are you hey doing well thanks for having me this is great i'm really excited to be here yeah yeah i'm happy to have you so um so let's get into it here i, I i'm going to give a little background to everybody on why I asked you to be here, then maybe I'm gonna throw some facts at you just about the cybersecurity industry and maybe um, you can break them down, give us your insight and uh, experience in that world. That's what I'm hoping for. And we'll have a good conversation. How does that sound? Hey, works for me. Yeah, so um, for those of you listening, reference back to my first episode on thematic investing. What What that is is just focused investments on up and coming industries or industries that people think, or in my case, I think are gonna be Good, potentially good investment opportunities. And so cybersecurity, I think, is definitely one of them. And so that's why I asked Nico to join me today and have a conversation from somebody who actually works in that industry. Um, I think there's a lot of conversation in this thematic investing world just on the high level, like cybersecurity, great. Well, what is that? What does that actually mean? Um, so that's why I have Nico here today is to answer those questions. What is he actually working on? What does he see in that industry? So, um, so th- again, thanks for being here uh, to, to talk about that. So let me just throw some facts at you here on kind of what I found in the cybersecurity uh, markets and industry, and you know we can break that down at another time. So, um, so the global cybersecurity market, um, from what I found, is forecast to grow to $345 billion by 2026. Um, in 2021, today, the size is projected to be $217 billion. Um, so that's roughly a 10% average growth rate over time. So um, seems pretty, pretty big. And a study, this is all coming from a study from Verizon Data Breach Investigation Report in 2021. They also state that in 2020 uh, um, alone, 
there was more data breaches than in the last 15 years combined. Pretty crazy, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, however, the report goes on to show even more that in October 28th of this month, um, October 20th of this year, excuse me, data breaches have already exceeded all of 2020 as well. Again, pretty crazy. Cost of cyber attacks, I found that in this report, um, large enterprises, over a thousand employees, um, they had uh, a cost of over 500 grand per incident in 2020. And for companies with less than a thousand employees, um, this cost them $133,000 uh, per uh, average attack. So big numbers. Um, some big attacks that we've seen this year in 2021, CNA Financial. I didn't really know about this one before doing some research before talking with you here, Nico. It said they uh, got attacked and they negotiated down a ransom to $40 million from $60 million. And their website was down for over two weeks. Crazy insane. numbers, right? Yeah. Um, a couple more, then I'll turn it over. But these are just insane facts to me. Um, the Colonial Pipeline, that was this year. They were shut down by um, a cybersecurity event um, for weeks. There was a, a meatpacking plant. They had to pay $11 million to get back online. Um, there was a bunch of Facebook and Instagram, LinkedIn uh, user data leaks. Those 214 million records were leaked through a company called SocialArc that had... Uh, some ties through Facebook. And then one that was even a little scary because it's a little closer to home, uh, Kroger, who is pick and save, essentially, they had a data uh, breach or where 1.4 million records were breached as well. So a lot of facts I just wanted to kind of spit out to you. We'll go through them, but pretty crazy, right? This industry is nuts. It's it's a wild place to be. I mean, every <laughs> single thing you said is, is true. Um, in terms of some of the numbers, it seems to me, from, from from my understanding, that a lot of that seems conservative. Yeah, in terms of not only the attacks, the numbers in how much money is paid, how much is negotiated. It's, it is a interesting place because there's so much unknown, but at the same time, everybody has access to the internet. Sure. Everyone has access to learn a lot of this stuff. So it's it's amazing to me that you see the media starting to show more attacks and, and explain in the news what's really going on, right? I mean, the Colonial Pipeline, that affected every single person in the southern part of the United States, even up here in the Midwest, yeah. right? It's it's unbelievable to see how one part one of cyber the, event, one event yeah. that could have been stopped. Affected us in the physical world. Exactly. And monetarily insane. It, so, it's, yeah. it's quite amazing how everything's connected, especially yeah. with you know technology these days. It's, it's an easy, easy place to, to get lost, right? So. Yeah. Well, that, that's great. We're going to talk more about that, but why don't you introduce yourself a little bit? Give us a little bit of a background um, first. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so uh, as Ryan alluded to earlier, my name is Nico Bartolomeo, and I currently work for a company called Calypso, which is a part of Rockwell Automation, which uh, for those who are familiar with the Milwaukee area is uh, that big clock tower downtown. So um, basically to give you a little bit more understanding of my background in terms of you know my skill set, my experience, and, and my schooling. So I went to school for mechanical engineering and I really didn't understand security at the time because not a lot of people knew what security was or why it was important. Right? I always had an understanding, okay, security is something, but what does that really mean, right? And security could mean cybersecurity, physical security, personal security, data privacy, all this stuff, right? And so I went to school to become a mechanical engineer because I wanted to learn how to problem solve, right? And sure. that kind of can take you everywhere, right? It gives you the ability to take a complex problem and simplify it for people who don't want to do the research, right? They want to yeah. understand something quickly, right? And that's that's the scariest thing, not understanding something, right? So basically, I'd always had an, an interest in technology and data analytics, and then I went to work for Rockwell in a program where I rotated every six months, right? So for two years, I had a different business, a different role, a different place oh, that I was living. Awesome. Got some different experience. It, it was, yeah. it, I cannot you know, talk highly enough about it. It was an incredible experience. And in one of my rotations, I actually was able to work with a business that focus specifically on high-level security initiatives okay. in terms of how the business functions, right? And so once I ended my program, I actually stayed with that team and worked as a project manager, right? And I focused a lot on, again, those high-level security initiatives for one of our biggest businesses at the time. And so there are tons of different international standards, there's requirements, there's all types of things, especially in the industrial automation industry that 
you need to focus on security, for right? Security, so yeah. for that, that was my first role. So kind of what is what is your appetite for the security? Exactly. Okay. It gave me insight on high level stuff. So yep. very not and it wasn't an entry level type of role, which was good and bad in terms of my learning because I got to learn high level program management, executive level readouts, all the fun stuff in terms of security on a high level initiative, right? And so from there, I actually was promoted within that business to uh, the cybersecurity lead of the business and I took on a ton of different roles and projects and, and ideas to kind of vet out in terms of how do we make this business more secure because our employees are working, they're frontline workers at our clients and our customers, right? Okay, oh yeah. And so you don't want one of your employees to go out with a with their computer that's not patched, that is an old, old operating system that has a vulnerability on it that then you give Get that- to the bigger, you, you, yeah. You, you could shut down an entire plant, right? Yeah. And so that was one of the responsibilities that I had. And from there, um, after a couple of years of working in that business, I ended up moving into what we call our global and information security team. And, and now it's a little bit different, but basically almost every big company has multiple security businesses, right? This specific business focused on our high level strategy and security, our governance, our data, our policies, all of the high level things you would think of that a security team should be focusing in on, right? Yeah. Making sure they set the strategy and they push out these concepts to the rest of the businesses, right? Okay. And so um, I joined that team within the insider risk program, basically managing and owning it and being the insider risk person. And what insider risk is or insider threat is where we make sure that our employees are doing what they're saying they're doing and they're not stealing data from within the company, right? Because at the end of the day, anybody can take data from a company and go and sell it to a competitor. But you, when you work for a company, there's specific laws and rights that you have and the company has that says you can't do that, right? Yeah. So every, and, and everybody who works for a big company has signed some type of contract or knows that, well, should know that Everything they do on a company computer is watched. Let's talk about that for a second. Then we'll finish your, your background. We've talked about this before in the past. Like I think this is something that would be interesting for people listening to know and maybe to remind. You actually are one of those people that knows exactly what anybody on a computer laptop that's owned by a corporation is doing, right? And like maybe talk about how in depth that actually can can be from a corporation. Yeah, absolutely. So and why it's important, of, actually. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's. There's so much we could go into, but yeah. I'll try to keep it high level in terms of how it actually works, right? So every person that works for a big corporation, there is an IT organization, right? So they're given a specific computer, laptop, whatever, with all of these applications loaded, right? There's all these things in the background, all these softwares that are on that computer that gives us insight to lock you out, to see everything you're doing from opening up a Word document to saving a, a photo that you've uploaded as a different name, right? Like I've run into situations where we were investigating people and we found that they've downloaded thousands and thousands of gigabytes of data from an online source of ours and then put it onto a USB. That's suspect. That's yeah. very fishy. <laughs> that's not something you should be doing, right? Yeah. If, if it's a part of your role and you're sending stuff out to customers, clients, whomever, yeah. yes, then it makes sense. But there are softwares out there that almost every big company corporation has to monitor and flag people. And a lot of people don't understand that because again, if you're using a company computer, everything you do on there is owned by the company. Yeah. And people forget that. Yeah. Think about all the lawsuits that have gone out where a person has created an idea and started a business from it. And they look back and, and they find out they yeah. built it on a company computer. They don't own any of that. Wow, yeah, I didn't it's, think of that. It's, it's a wild time, right? Yeah. And so the biggest thing about Insider is we're trying to protect the business against negligence and fraud. Sure, right? which is a part of cybersecurity, which yeah. we'll get into. And that's yeah. one small part of the entire you know, world of it, yeah. So, okay, so finish off with just Calypso now, kind of what your role is there. And we'll, we'll get into kind of more broadly about the cybersecurity field. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, recently I moved over to a company that Rockwell recently um, acquired about a year and a half ago. Uh, so four months ago I joined Calypso. They were looking for someone who had background in, in a big corporation in terms of security and wanted to learn more about cloud security, right? So I, I've been brought over as a senior consultant in cloud security where there's a lot more to it than just cloud security, but in terms of being the go-to person for Calypso and security, that's kind of my role sure. and, there, and there's a lot to it. Um, but again, Calypso is a consulting firm 
that focuses in the digital business, right? The digital automation of, of it all, right? So Rockwell is in the industrial automation you know, industry, yeah. and Calypso ha- has been purchased because of their digital business. Sure. It is, it's incredible to see how they can take everything that is in a factory and transform it using what we call digital transformation. Okay. And so that's where I, I, I sit in the world of Rockwell now, where we're getting integrated, but Calypso has a lot of very cool skill sets in terms of what they do, and, and what I do for them is, is a lot of different things in security, right? Because again, like you said, security, cybersecurity is a very broad term, yeah. and there's tons of stuff that we could dive into on it. Yeah, well, well, that's great. It's an amazing, very diverse background. Um, congratulations, by the way. So, um, But let's just jump right off of that. It is a very broad, diverse industry, but let's break it down. You know, That's my goal here is, is people really don't know much about it. So let's, let's actually talk about some of the main things, maybe some basics to start out. What is cybersecurity from your point of view? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So one of the big things in terms of cybersecurity, security itself, and then just cybersecurity, right? All of them mean different things, but at the end of the day, they all are interlocked, intertwined. So one of the big places that I go to in terms of information is what a lot of people refer to as CISA or the Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Agency, which is a, a conglomerate that focuses in on a lot of different industries and, and helps build out a lot of different strategy and, and gives us the insight on a lot of these threats, right? And so there's a government organization yes yeah, yeah yeah so it's it's a government organization okay. um and so the government love their acronym so it yeah, sounds like one yeah not only <laughs> not only does the government love it the rockwell does too so, okay great. um we've yeah. got a, we've got a lot to go through on that but in terms of the definition that they give so i'm going to give this definition and then explain what it means in, in my own terms right because sure. it's it's very but this is where cyber has its base is is, it's one place right but it's in my opinion it gives the clearest definition of what it is yeah and and you know anybody listening to this can go on and and google what is cybersecurity and you'll find wikipedia you'll find oh yeah all these things but in terms of a good place to start i think CISA gives a a great place yeah yeah yeah, it gives a they and they have a lot of backing right um so what that statement is, is cybersecurity is the art of protecting networks, devices, and data from unauthorized access or criminal use and the practice of ensuring confidentiality, integrity, and availability of information. Right? So there's a lot to unpack a lot there. Yeah. in there. But so what, what does what that, that really mean? Yeah, exactly. So specifically, cybersecurity encompasses mo- much more than people think, right? So everything that we do has some type of security implemented, and if it doesn't, it will really, really soon. So one of the big things in terms of cyber is the focus on technology, right? Because tech has always been booming and it will continue to boom and cyber goes hand in hand with it, right? So they're both going to boom at the same time. Um, And without tech, there's no security. Without security, there's no tech, right? Because, you know, one person gets in, can destroy everything, right? But in terms of cybersecurity, it's a focus. Kind of mean kind of means that that industry will never go away exactly. or potentially won't go away because if there's always innovation in the tech world, security, and there's always bad guys somewhere that's going to try to attack it exactly. is what I'm hearing. Exactly. It's a, it's a never-ending battle of what what people call the white hat hackers versus the black hat hackers. It's the, the good guys trying to protect from the bad guys, yeah. right? Because there's always someone out there that's going to find a vulnerability, that's going to try and, you know, send... Use something good ransomware, yeah. malware, any of these, you know, malicious code to try and make money off of it, or just to, to yeah. see the world burn, right? And there's <laughs> the opposite side where, hey, I'm a good guy. I want to try and stop those people, right? Yeah. And so again, as tech booms, as security continues to grow, there's always going to be that one side or the other, and it's hard because that a lot of the good guys work for some of these big yeah. you know, corporations, right? Where these bad guys, they they don't work for anybody. They're in foreign foreign yeah. states. They're in places that you don't have access to, and they they are unknown in the world. Right? So maybe you can help us put some definitions of those types of people. So you know, you hear the words hackers out there. There's intruders. There's cyber criminals, um, attackers. Are they all different? Or are they all the same? Yeah, it's a really really good question. So there, hacker has always been. You know, in all the movies, has always been oh a hacker. 
hoodie up, dark room, you know, <laughs> yeah. typing away, right? But hackers are, are way more than just the bad guys. Like I was saying before, yeah, there's, there's two sides to everything, right? Yeah. There are there's there's certifications that you can get to become a certified ethical hacker, which proves that you're going into certain products, websites, and finding these, and vulnerabilities, find these vulnerabilities, and then telling those companies like, hey, I got in, yeah, I, I got in. You know, here is a this is a big vulnerability. I want to make sure that you know you cover this before someone else takes advantage of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of yeah, attackers are always known. There's and and again, in terms of the the world, it, this, this is an in depth conversation that we can have. But yeah. attackers and intruders are people trying to get into the system. Most of them being bad. Others, some some are good in terms of okay, I want to find this, let them know, give them the ability to fix it, and then no one else can really you know um, take advantage of that, right? Sure. Okay. No, thanks for that. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm always thinking maybe from, from high level first. I think cybersecurity, ha- like we've, we've said, is very broad um, definition, broad category, industry. But let's, let's maybe talk at high level big corporations and why they need cybersecurity. And then there's a whole other aspect of down to the individual, too in their personal you know cyber world but let's talk about big corporations what are they doing right now in cybersecurity world and then while you talk maybe one of my biggest interesting facts has been in the year 2020 everybody went digital maybe you can relate it back to what's going on or what that did for cyber as well yeah yeah absolutely so starting with the big companies right i've worked for a big company i have friends that have worked for big companies and small companies uh, so I can I can preach to what a lot of big companies do because they have the resources, right? So yeah. every big company has multiple security teams, right? And I I could go down a list of a, a handful of topics, right? That you know anybody who's listening can can Google search and kind of do their own research. Yeah, but in terms of, of yeah, absolutely. So there are businesses that take care of security strategy, risk, product security, standards, policies, and governance data privacy, data protection, event and audit logging, coding, networks in general, IT. We've got personnel security, physical security. There's forensic investigations. There's insider risk and threat, which we were talking about before. There's incident response. There's vulnerability management. You've got continuous monitoring. You've got identity and access management. And there's all types of things that you can just keep going on. And there are people and teams at every big company that have some type of security relevancy in a lot of those topics. And there's, you know, a bunch more that I didn't talk about, but again, you know, specifically networks, right? I didn't dive too deep into it, but what a lot of people, as they've transitioned to the remote world from 2020, a lot of people don't understand the difference between an unsecured network versus a secured network or a a VPN, virtual private network, right? Everybody who goes to an office has that company secured network that they're logging into, right? Yeah. Well, when you go home, a lot of companies had to transition from, oh, we don't have anybody who works from home to everyone's working from home now, right? Yeah. So that's a totally different infrastructure. You have to make sure that the people that you're letting into your system are are authenticated, that are actually the people they say they are, right? So you hear a lot of talk about multi-factor authentication, yeah, it's been here everywhere you go now. You need right. That. Single sign-on. You have password management, password uh, vaults, all this stuff that flows into it. There's That's such a small subsection of making sure your infrastructure is secure versus someone from the outside who, let's say, I work for a company, company A, and I, I've never worked from home before. I go home. I log into my unsecured network at home. Then I connect from there to my company information. Well, if I'm using a Gmail or some type of you know account that's not you know secure, people are going to be able to see that if they have the right skill set. Sure. Right. And so if you're sending IP over a, a public network, that's it's huge. Open. That's easy to steal, and you'll never know. Right. So. Um, so if I were to back you up a little bit, so big yeah. companies, you yeah. listed off a bunch of different things that they have to manage on a day-to-day, mm-hmm. which is a huge list if you rewind and go through that and if people want to look up those lists. But they either have to hire internal teams to manage that, but then you also have to hire outside consultants or yep. software or, yep. or whatever to kind of cover those fields. Is that what I'm hearing? Absolutely, yeah. So basically how it works is a lot of those big companies have different people managing those specific topics, 
right? So in terms of internal, you usually have a generic IT security team within your IT business. You have your insider team under, you know, typically legal. Okay. Uh, you have a lot of these specific product security for a lot of those people in the product world have a product security officer mm -hmm. um, that sits under what the security realm main, I guess, person we call the CISO or the chief information security officer. Almost every big company has a CISO. Okay. And a CISO is different from CISA. <laughs> and, and there's a lot of security. Well, it's a wild place, right? Yeah. So the CISO is like the end all be all person for security at any company. Oh, interesting. I actually so, didn't know that. And, yeah. and, and it's crazy because a lot of people who are in security want to be a CISO but don't necessarily understand how much stress comes with that job. Because think about it, if you're the CISO of a, a, you know, a Fortune 500 company and it gets hacked, that's all on you. Yeah. It goes straight to you to say what happened, right? So um, in terms of those internal and external teams, basically every company works with internal security teams to make sure they're secure on the inside and from outside threat actors. Yeah. And they also hire in external teams that are really good at one specific niche, right? So yeah. for example, like, um, let's say just risk management, right? You'll get audited by an external company to say, how, how are we doing internally for our risk okay. from security perspective, right? Or they'll hire people to watch all of their logs so that if something on the network looks weird, then that company will say, hey, look into this. We saw this through our software look into it, is it is it this normal activity or not, right? So for example, if let's say you and I work for the same company and we're both located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, right? Mm -hmm. Well, if something pops up on your network that says you've been logging in at 3 a.m. Yeah. from the Ukraine, <laughs> something's up, Yeah. right? So that's, that's the type of stuff internal security teams can do. You can hire someone externally to do that for you. Yeah. And, and again, Every single niche of security can be done both internally and externally. And sometimes you got businesses that build both, yeah, right? Because it's a lot of work and it's a lot of overhead for any company. And so there's a lot to unpack. This is good though. This is stuff I want to even learn about and, and hopefully have people listening learn about. So, um, so bigger bigger companies, do you see them focusing more on that right now? And that's kind of leads back to that question of 2020. Did everybody went remote and cyber might have got left in the back burner a little bit or, or maybe expand on that if my question's making sense. So I guess just to clarify, so you're saying in terms of cyber and yeah. the network change, right? From 2020, we've, we've seen everybody go yeah. mostly remote. Like you're saying from a proactivity perspective, has cyber been kind of pushed back from a priority? Has it been pushed back one or in it, are they now playing catch up, I guess, sure. or? Okay, yeah, what? absolutely, yeah, I can yeah. dive into that. I think the biggest thing was a lot of these companies did not expect a global shutdown, right? Okay. And so the first thing is you have to take your infrastructure, your network, and be able to get it That's out to saying. everybody, yep. right? And so while I don't think cyber was, was put, it wasn't, stopped in terms of security it wasn't it's not like they just stopped looking at security it was we have fires that we have to put out first and just then we'll go back to it first and right right and now that everybody's been able to work from home and that infrastructure has been put into place for a lot of the bigger companies smaller companies it's still slow and steady right um but in general i think security has always kind of lagged behind because a lot of people don't see it as a priority which is sad and it's frustrating for me because I've grown up thinking about security all the time, yeah. right? And so when, I, when you know, I hear you know, people on the news or, or different companies getting hacked, I'm like, who, who cut the budget for security? And that's one big thing at, at any company. Security, a lot of big companies don't take security as seriously as they should until they've been hacked or been taken yeah. advantage of, right? Because again, security is expensive. Not only is it expensive, it's not easy to implement and to keep it up to date, you got to. You not only have to pay external resources, you have to you have to pay people and train them internally. Yeah. And again, it's all overhead, right? Like, if if you're not selling a service that's security based and it's all internal security, you're not making money for that company. All you're doing yeah. is saving the company from being yeah. unsecure, and that's the biggest cost because 
in my opinion, you save so much more money by being secure than if you, one time you were taken down, you could lose hundreds of millions of dollars. Oh, that, that, that's kind of what, I, what I'm getting at. Thanks for that clarification is that, you know, and you alluded to this to, to this at the beginning is that, you know, maybe earlier on people weren't really, care, not, I don't want to say caring, but as focused on security because they weren't maybe hacked or had that situation. Mm -hmm. Now, if they do, they understand the importance to that being they being a corporation. But you even said earlier on, like, you know, now it's more publicized in the news. So right. maybe corporations are even being more proactive yeah, absolutely. and all that as well. Because as we said, some of these companies had to pay 40 to 60 million yeah. for a, and, an and attack. Like, that's, that that's could be on the low end too, yeah. right? Like there's, there's companies that uh, people can look into some of the different companies that have been hacked and you'll see months that they've been down. That's 200, 300, yeah, loss 500 million dollars. Yeah. And the company still hasn't recovered, right? Yeah. So like in terms of that's that proactive versus reactive. Exactly. Yeah, that's that I think cost. that's the biggest thing that people need yeah. to understand is the world of security is all about risk management, right? Yeah. Because it's it's really expensive to to call to have a, you know, the the, the concept is called air gapped, right? That means nothing in, nothing out. You have your, your network. It's locked down. Exactly, right? But that's really hard to be efficient with and it's expensive to do, right? So if you want to be the most secure company in the world, you're going to be very inefficient because it costs a lot of money and it's hard to navigate, right? So a lot of companies have these risk management you know, agendas, these reports that say, okay, we, we see the risk, we understand what level it is and we're okay with that risk, right? And so as we start to grow and as the media starts to cover a lot of this stuff, risk and security are only gonna to continue to grow and the money spent is only gonna be added into the budget because they're gonna see like, hey, our competitor got shut down for a month yeah. and they lost half a million a day, yeah. right? Like, which doesn't sound like a lot of money, but that's money you're, you have to double down on in the future to try and make back. Sure. And if you would've just paid a certain you know, percentage, for the, for, the yeah. for three years before that, that would have never happened, yeah. right? Or it would have been, you would have had a better chance of stopping sure. it. Well, that's great. Uh, great conversation. Let's maybe move on a little bit to uh, help us understand the different types of attacks. Like what are maybe malware versus phishing, ransomware? Can you break down some of uh, you know, those ways or would you call those vulnerabilities of how a cyber attack would happen? Is yeah. That, is that right? Yeah. So, well, yeah, I can clarify real quick. So basically, as you said, malware, which is short for malicious software, it's basically how a lot of these threat actors can get into a network, right? So for example, and, and a lot of these play together, right? So I'll focus on a fish first to bring in that malware, but you, you get a lot of spam emails and, and texts and messages that say, hey, like congratulations, yeah. you've won uh, a million dollar vacation to the Bahamas. It's like, well, what? I did? Really? And a lot of people click those links. Yeah. You click that link, they might be able to get in almost immediately. So that's phishing. Phishing is, 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 is an attack in terms of sending out those emails, those, yep. those spams, those mass, With mass amounts. With enticement to click on something. Exactly, yep, so. or, or in terms of like a, a um, high, high priority banking statement saying, hey, we need your password, your email, your password, your social security right away to confirm that this is your bank account because some malicious activity has happened. And these attacks are starting to look real. They're taking the logos of these companies that oh, you yeah. work for. And think about it, you know, in terms of banking, if if someone was smart enough, they could they could just find and figure out where people bank. Yep. They can find a lot of information on social media, which is scary. Like yeah. a lot of people, security questions, for example, used to be, well, still are, animal name, your your first pet, yeah. your first car, where yeah. you went the to high year, school. Year before. I could I could search so many different people. You you just name one person. I can go onto their Facebook and say, oh. This is all of those answers to those questions, yeah. right? You can guess a lot of passwords nowadays, and with a lot of the computing capabilities that we have, there are softwares out there that can just automate. Oh, it's unbelievable! It's yeah. unbelievable scary. how easy and scary it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in terms of yeah, in terms of some of these other threats, right? So okay, so that's phishing, and then the malware would be what if you clicked on that link, they would. Well, it, yeah. So specifically, it's it's a it's software based, right? So if you had. If they sent you, let's say from a work perspective, you get an external, well, an email from one of your coworkers 
but it looks weird. It's a it's an Excel document that has a report, right? Yeah. Well, if you click into that, and then you enable those macros, there could be a potential where that document then gets into the system. Just sends a bunch of stuff into your on your computer through different softwares, opens up different exe files, which is or which are executables, right? Yeah. And will then shut you down and cause and that could lead to like a. Uh, ransomware exactly so, so yeah, yeah. And malware is basically ransomware that cuts you off and asks for a ransom yeah. right like some of those big uh, big companies you were talking about before or you know those big statistics yeah that one like that, CNA financial this year right exactly yeah. so they got they yeah. got attacked right and so I, I don't know the full depth of the entire thing but 40 million dollars they paid well they negotiated it down but they paid that much money just to get their data, their network, everything kind of encrypted and back yeah. to be able to, because a lot of these companies, the bigger companies that get attacked can pay off the ransomware, but we're not supposed to per the government. Sure. Right. But at the same time, it's like, okay, do we try to fix it ourselves, or do we pay it off and we get it back right away? Right. And so there's another whole kind conversation. Risk versus reward. What do you. Exactly. Yeah. There's a whole nother conversation where they're the dark web. A lot of people don't know about the yeah. dark web. There are, there's a whole supply chain of of these companies that are ransomware companies that you can pay to then go and do these things. And they have, they have a whole, it's a whole company, so you can, it's a support system. So they'll say, hey, go contact this person from this department within this illegal company that will you know figure out how you can pay it off. And, and there's ratings, and it's a crazy, crazy world out there. But it's, it's really, really interesting because a lot of the stuff you know, listed, you know, like state-sponsored attacks, IoT attacks, social engineering, denial of service, like all of these are, are high level, right? But at the same time, like there are people, there are companies out there that will go and will, like, for example, if, you know, let's just say Google wanted to pay someone to see how vulnerable their security perimeter is physical security, right? Can you get into our building without a badge or how deep can you get without actually being an employee, right? There are people that go and pay other companies to do this and that's a physical attack. Someone, you know, you see like um, in terms of, again, some of these movies, yeah, right? You see someone swipe keys, swipe a badge and can get all the way in and if you get to the, you know, if you get to a computer, you get to somewhere, you're in. Yeah. And a lot of people, you know, a lot of these big companies, not everybody knows everybody. So they're not going to question it. question it. Right, yeah. right. It's the same thing. And social engineering, too, that's something that's so big. I think phishing is the biggest one, but social engineering is so important because, again, that's looking at your LinkedIn. That's looking at your Facebook. There are people that are sending resumes on LinkedIn that have malicious code in them. You click on that, they have all your personal information. And it's, it's crazy because not a lot of people know about that. Well, explain it. So what is social engineering? Back up a little bit on yeah. social engineering. So, it's, you know, we've, we've been kind of going through some of these different ways of vulnerabilities, which is very interesting. It, yeah. Um, okay. So social engineering. I bet people really don't even know what that means. Yeah, and it, and it kind of is explained in, in the word social yeah. engineering, right? So it's basically you look at someone's information and you try to paint a profile of them. And then you call them and you act like someone else for them to send you money or for them to give you information so then you can get into all their systems, right? For example, you hear a lot of um, grandparents get calls from unknown people acting as oh, their yeah. grandchildren yeah. all the time. You hear about people yeah. sending money to the bank. So, okay. they, so they, the bad actors in this case can kind of do a little research, figure exactly. out their social world, yep. name a couple names that might ring a bell to the grandparents, right. and and might kind of verify them to the grandparents and be like, okay, I need to send money overseas exactly. because they, they don't know exactly, um, and, and they sound real enough to do that. That's so that's social yes. engineering. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a yeah. scary place because again, you know, for us, we grew up with yeah. all this technology, right? Yeah. But for some of the older generations, they didn't. Yeah. And so. One of the big things that I always say for, for anything that I do is, you know, trust but verify. Yeah. And in terms of everything that you do, especially now that I've worked in cyber, I trust nothing. 
<laughs> right? So I verify. Yeah, coming from you, that's scary. Yeah, yeah. it's terrifying, right? But yeah. you have to verify everything. Yeah, so like verify who sent you what. And exactly. Yeah. So if, if something looks sketchy, let's And say, that goes to, you know, something kind of breaking down this top-level conversation. As we were talking about the big corporations, what they're doing. There's this big component of what an individual needs to do. Right. And that's what you're talking about, right? Like exactly. it, it affects us down yeah. to the individual level. Exactly. So sorry to keep going. No, no, so, no, absolutely. Okay. No, I, it's, it's crazy because security is not it's not something that sh you know i say this to everybody i talk to it's it's not something that should be a thought after the fact it's not a checkbox it should be implemented within you specifically on everything that you do yeah. right if you get a sketchy text from somebody and it says click this link because you know this and that delete it yeah. Right if away. if you if you get an email from, you know, your CEO and you're at a level where your CEO wouldn't talk to you, there's no <laughs> there's no yeah there's no reason why you shouldn't report that or find another means to talk to the CEO right. to make that, sure. That's the verify part. Exactly. Exactly. Because again, I you know the term trust but verify is is important, but you have to verify. You can't trust everything nowadays because there are bad people out there that don't care. Yeah. They simply do not care. Yeah. And it's sad, but it is what it is. It's the world that we live in. Um, and this is not, not to be a bummer. I'm, I'm trying to just educate people on how scary the world is. Yeah, that's why we're having this conversation. These, there's a lot to this. Right. You can go a million different routes is what we're learning. Um, but this is important stuff. And uh, that's why I think it's a, a, a great industry to look into. Um, maybe we could talk about some of the bigger names that are specific in cybersecurity. Maybe just your in, input on them, not investment uh, recommendation or anything. These are just actual companies. I mean, I'm, CrowdStrike is the first one that comes to mind. Most people know that one. But just as from your side, what do these companies do? Why are they there? Kind of their integration in the cybersecurity world. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. I'm going to read off a handful of, of names of companies just so, again, people can yeah. look them up and understand what they actually do. Because I can give a high-level understanding, um, but in terms of how in-depth they go, all yeah. these companies do so much, right? So like you said, CrowdStrike, one of the biggest cybersecurity companies yeah. in the world. Because right? sorry, cause we were talking like corporations have their own security teams, but then there's also security companies like Crowd right. okay. that provide either a exactly. software or a service to those all bigger. these companies yeah. right so yeah again CrowdStrike one of the biggest we've got Digital Guardian we've got Splunk we've got you know Tanium Palo Alto Cisco we've got Microsoft is diving into security you've got you know your proof points your rapid sevens um, your ping identities your logarithms your your secure onyxes uh, th there's all these companies that again every single one of those companies has some type of understanding in certain areas of security, but you could literally hire almost every single one of those to do something totally different from the other one. They all have their niche. Exactly, they're all very good at a, at, at a couple of different things, but they're continuing to expand in everything I else. See. For example, yeah. CrowdStrike is really well known for their endpoint protection. Okay. Right. Being what able to yeah. so yeah, endpoint their endpoints basically they put a software um, a platform on all these endpoints that protects from you know certain access right like like a computer laptop yes exactly so yeah. yeah that that would be an endpoint right so CrowdStrike will uh, detect and and make sure that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing you, you get put into these groups right okay. within the software and it says okay does this person have access to do this yes or no right um, for example Splunk is is a huge um, player in in logging right so the, their event management right which means Everything that you do, all of the data points that you have, every event that someone does on their computer, they can log all that, okay. and then you can put reports together. You can you can identify what's good, what's bad. Yeah. Uh, in terms of Palo Alto, that's all networking based, so uh, making sure that you have secure networks and, and all that fun stuff. Uh, let's see, let's see another one. Uh, Microsoft is diving in. I mean, all the big you know tech companies are all diving into security. Uh, Microsoft ha does a really good job of. Um, their their cloud environments and their uh, it just in general their uh, access management and such. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. A oh, that's a great insight. Like yeah, a uh, like a secure onyx um, is is really well known for what we call in the industry UEBA, which is all about behavioral behavioral 
analytics, right? So it, it, it paints a picture of someone, how they work on their day to day, and then it ranks them on like, are they a sketchy person compared to the rest of the people in their group that has the same title, that is within the same business, and it flags them and says, this person did this or that, right? So like, all again, it, looking up all these companies, they all are really, really good at what they do, um, and they, they know how to protect, and, and it's one of those things where big companies could use all of these for all the different things that they do. Interesting, right? Yeah. And so that's what's so cool about security is that I could, I could dive into a thousand different levels yeah. of security, and all of these big companies have to deal with some part of it, right? And so again, security is not only gonna continue to grow, but it's gonna con continue to boom because there's so many places out there that need help with security. Yeah, right? it's, it's not just one thing, it's very diverse. Um, so on that point, what do you see in the next five to 10 years, in your view, in the cybersecurity industry? Um, you know, is it big consolidation, couple companies, is it these corporations are gonna hire big teams? I don't know, it could be anything, what's your view? Yeah, that's a good question. I think, again, if we look at past 10 years in tech, nothing but boom, right? And cybersecurity has been around but hasn't been a main focus until the last you know five years or so, right? So I think what we'll see is a lot of the bigger companies starting to buy up some of these smaller companies for those skill sets that the bigger companies haven't created yet, okay. right? So you see a lot of big, big companies buying these you know smaller companies to understand like, hey, I'm really good at this, this would be great. Instead of partnering with them, I want to own them and bring that in to have a full end gig, right? Makes um, sense. I think, yeah, again, next five to 10 years, there's gonna be a lot more softwares coming out which will give more analytics and insights on how to protect yourself and how to train people properly because at the end of the day, the number one line of defense is the person. If I train you to understand security, not to click these links, not to make sure you set everything up properly, That's that's 90% of the battle. Exactly, yeah. right? Uh, so I think, yeah, a lot of the angles of, of, of these, these big companies within the security realm are gonna pivot that way. And even these major companies just in tech, they're starting a lot of security divisions because they see how important it is yeah. and how important it should have been you know, from the beginning. Yeah. Um, but it's, again, it's, it's gonna be interesting to see it grow because I don't see it slowing down. And like the numbers you talked about before, you know, 200, 300, 400 billion in total cap space, right? I think it's going to grow way faster than the predicted Yeah, space. those numbers to you sound... Sound very small yeah, in yeah. terms of total growth. Because yeah. again, at the end of the day, all tech has to have security baked into it. It can't be a checkbox at the end, right? Because yeah. again, like like a, an old colleague used to tell me, security is 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 not a destination; it's a journey. That Things makes sense. yeah, it evolves exactly. Yeah. Just like just like tech, you're if you don't keep up with tech, you're gonna feel like you're behind twenty years. Yeah, it moves so fast. It's so quick, and it's the yeah. same thing with security. And vulnerabilities and all this stuff. Like one of the big things that I think, from an industry perspective, Microsoft specifically, and and anybody can look this up. What they what they have is what the industry calls Patch Tuesday. So they send out every Tuesday. Oh yeah, yeah. Everyone knows about that. Yeah. Well, not everybody, well, uh, but enough people yeah. in this industry know about it, right? And yeah. it's basically every vulnerability that Microsoft has, they send out their patches to make sure that they're not vulnerable anymore. And it's a it's a big issue because if if it automatically updates, you're fine. You don't have to worry about it. But some of these smaller companies, they don't have the means to be able to update a lot of their softwares. And so they're way behind yeah. and more vulnerable. And it's just, again, it's one of those things where they they say they can't afford it, but it's more of a priority. Yeah, it, right? it becomes that conversation of should you be react proactive and you know there's cost to that exactly, um, exactly. that they're gambling on being being reactive is, is not, in my opinion not a good choice no because yeah. again you see these people these not these people these well these people but these companies yeah. that are down for weeks at a time and yeah. are losing hundreds of millions of dollars if you were proactive there's a very yeah. very good chance there's still a chance that you can i mean there's always a chance in everything that you yeah. can still get yeah. act and and you know have these vulnerabilities but in terms of proactivity, if you're proactive, you have 
a way to over your risk management. Exactly. You have to understand how how that risk. You say, okay, I, I've got a plan in place. If we do get hacked, this is what we do. This is how we 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 stay out of our vulnerable state, yeah. right? And so so. <laughs> I'm laughing at the patch Tuesday and we're talking about the corporations need to do that, but that's probably something every person listening to do that, listening to this should do. You should do the updates that come on your phone or yeah. on your computer because Absolutely. what they're doing is patching vulnerabilities in case so you don't get quote unquote hacked. Right. Am I right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So and do do your updates. Yes, no, seriously. That is that is a huge thing to do. And and also another thing is make sure and everybody does this, you know, from privacy and all these things that get updated, there's that big list of, hey, these are the things that we're doing and it's a long document that no one likes to understand. When you download an app, it oh, says, yeah. Hey, please read through this privacy agreement. Sure. Nobody uh, does. No one does. Yeah. I do, <laughs> and while it's not the most exciting stuff, it is so important because you have companies from that are hosted in places that are not allies with the United States specifically that are putting some of these you know exactly. apps out here, yeah. and people are downloading them thinking like, oh, it's just another yeah, app. Info is secure. Yeah. Exactly. So. And so then they're stealing all your data, and it's like, well, what do we do from here, right? I think I think a lot of people especially in, in, in the tech world, need to slow down and think before you do, right? Because if you don't, and if you don't update, yeah. and you're slow to do a lot of this stuff, again, there's so much risk in the world, and this is something that you can save yourself from. That's great. Let me, let's kind of wrap towards the end here. Let me just do some rapid fire questions on at you. All right, let's do it. And uh, give me one or two answers on it. Um, okay, so we talked about how we how you potentially see the industry going in five to ten years. How do you see it affecting the everyday person in the next five to ten years, the cybersecurity industry? Yeah, that's a really, really good question. So, quick answer, data privacy. Everyone hears about all these companies stealing your data or using your data and selling it to other, other places, right? The government's starting to get involved, right? And so, we're seeing a lot more laws being passed and standards being passed in terms of data privacy, right? Okay. And that's just one small part of security. Oh. So in terms of posting things online, make sure you understand what that actually means, okay. right? When you post something online, it is there forever. Forever, can't be deleted. Okay. It, it will always be there. So data privacy is important. Very important and, and truly understand what that means, right? Yeah. What is well, data privacy that's my for next each question. person? What is something bad that could happen to an individual? We've talked about the companies, right. you know, bad things can happen, ransom, you know, cost them money, time away from their business. Um, what, what's something that could happen to an individual? Absolutely, yeah. So if, let's say, you know, like most people do, people hate remembering passwords, right? They write them down, they put them in a document, they do whatever, right? Well, that's, a, I, 10 of 10 recommend not doing that because it is a very easy way to, have everything taken from you, dad, right? My dad does that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, dad, please change your passwords. Yeah. Um, and and I think the biggest thing is in terms of understanding that if you have one password for everything, and it's simple, it's your you know the high school you went to and your graduation and an exclamation point or something simple like that or like yeah. password one two three. Please don't. For everyone listening, please do not have a password that says <laughs> password. Uh, but realistically, if you're connecting your bank accounts, your retirement funds, all of these, you know, financial spots, all of your your cloud to all your photos to everything, someone can get in, lock you out, and it'll be very hard to, to get it all back. Yeah. Right. So if someone has access to your passwords, they log into your your bank account, they trans they wire transfer that. Yeah. It's gone forever. Yeah, that's right. Great. Obviously, there is insurance, but yeah. in terms you of. You want to go through that. Yeah. Exactly. If, if someone steals your identity, it's the same thing. Like, that is, it's a terrifying thing to think about, but it happens to people all the time. Yeah. So just be careful about what you post. Make sure you understand, again, it's the whole risk management thing. Sure. Understand, you know, obviously you want to stay up to date with your, your friends and family on Facebook, but at the same time, it's like, make sure it's secure. Make sure you know that the person that is requesting to be your friend is actually that person who they say they are, yeah. right? So yeah, that's that's kind okay. of the, the... No, that's good, good. Um, another question, what's exciting about this industry or what's the opportunity that you see in this industry? I think everything, 
everything in this industry is is incredibly interesting, right? I think there are it's fast paced. It's incredibly fast paced. It is stressful, but it's very it'll it doesn't feel like work. When you and, and a lot of people say you got to love what you do. This world is so unique and you see so many different things and you solve so many complex problems that you're never bored. Yeah. Right? There's always something to do and it's always going to continue like that. There's a huge gap in this industry and when everyone's trying to hire people with high level experience, but there simply hasn't been enough people around long enough to have that experience, right? Yeah. And there's there's going to be there's going to continue to be a huge gap, right? Yeah. Cybersecurity, not only the industry but the people in it are incredible people. Yeah. Because they've seen a lot of stuff and they and there's a lot of knowledge transfer available. It's people are afraid to look into it who don't know about it because they think it's really complex. Yeah. It is complex in certain areas, but at the end of the day, isn't everything complex? Sure. Yeah. If you don't study it, if you don't really put it's effort unknown. into it, yeah. it, nothing's ever easy, right? Yeah. And, and if it was easy, everybody would be doing it, right? Yeah. But in terms of, if, once you break down cybersecurity into the certain silos and you understand what you like and what you don't like, anybody can thrive in this industry. And it would be great if more people started to understand at a young age that, hey, I can do a lot of this stuff remotely and yeah. not have to worry about a ton of travel or yeah. a lot of that type yeah. of stuff, right? And I, and I think- and it, it sounds like, it's gr obviously growing. Oh, what yeah. You're saying, so. Yeah. Okay. Um, two more questions. Uh, what is government's role? The government is a unique area within cyber, right? Because like a lot of people say, you can't negotiate with people that have hacked you, right? You shouldn't in terms of within the United States, right? Okay. Because if, if you're under ransom and you want to pay a ransom, the government is supposed to help you out with a lot of this stuff, right? But in terms of how the government plays... There hasn't been a lot of laws on cyber or security in general past, you know, re yeah. recently it's getting it's getting a lot better. They're starting to focus a lot more and we have a lot more um, government entities that are focusing on security, but they are going to be the future of how we look at security in terms of not only worldwide, but inside the United States, right? Okay. And I think there's going to be a lot more focus on how do we protect businesses within the United States that are international and how do we understand the how things are evolving right because a lot of a lot of the government helps us out they release a lot of things you know specific malware yeah. that they see specific attacks all this type of stuff to let companies know and that's hey, where it's out there yeah, yeah like hey we have seen this please patch do this do that whatever right I, I think the government plays a huge role in setting the president of hey we're here we need to be here, and these are the things we're going to do to help everybody get there. Okay. Right? So, and so law comes with that. I mean, you see a lot of different yeah. privacy stuff like that. But in terms of security, I think they're going to start to build a lot more coalitions, a lot of groups that focus on all the different industries. Sure. Right? That's, that's great insight. Yeah. Um, last question. What is something that you think the general population just gets wrong about cybersecurity? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, I think like most people... Cybersecurity, people who have worked in security understand that there are certain parts that are difficult, right? But again, in any industry, there are difficult things. If you break down cybersecurity, you break down the things that you can do, it's not as difficult or foreign as you think it is. And I think a lot of people have this narrative like, cybersecurity, oh, again, you know, the guy with the, the person with the hood <laughs> in, their, in their parents' super basement, hacker, yeah. right? Yeah, just supercomputers, all this, all yeah. that. A lot of people, I think, need to have just general cybersecurity awareness to stop a lot of these attacks, right? Yeah. If you're if you're aware of people out there trying to, you know, do bad things, you'll be more secure, yeah. right? And I think basic logic around risk is huge, right? Like I was saying before, these big companies have these risk registers, these these reports of, okay, this is our risk, this is how we've taken care of it, or what what else can we do to, to make sure this is not a big deal or deprioritize it, right? Yeah. Well, risk is all about, it's the likelihood of something happening by how much of an impact it will make. So if you think about it, Good quote. you have one password for all your accounts, right? Mm -hmm. That's a pretty high risk because if they get one, they get them all. Yep. And the impact is... Very high. They can take everything. Yeah. Right? So... Like, what's your risk on that, right? Like, do you think having 400 cameras around your house is a little overkill? Depends on where you live. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. I mean, again, that's it's, it's all about priority, right? Sure. And I think people need to understand that security, if you have a good general understanding of security, it's not, first of all, the internet has everything, 
yeah. literally everything. <laughs> so just start understanding what things mean and, and start to talk mm-hmm. to people about, hey, what are you doing on this? Or like, what are yeah. your thoughts on that? You know, again, and, and, and my number is more than open to anybody because it's there, there's a stipulation that security has to be hard and difficult. And it really doesn't. Sure. No, as, as long as people are point. aware, I think that, we as a as a as a country as a as a world can really evolve and just make sure that we understand what's going on. Yeah, that's great. Well, hey man, I really appreciate you being here. This has been a very fun conversation for me. I hope that it was just as fun for you guys listening. Um, it was very insightful. Um, this industry is very vast, so I think we could probably have another conversation for five hours. So maybe we can come back and have uh, you know dive a little deeper if if uh, you would like sometime. But um, but again, thanks for being here, and hope you have a good rest of the day, buddy. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Hey, thanks for having me. This was great. And and again, I think one thing for everybody as a final is to just make sure to verify everything. Right? You trust, but you have trust, to verify. Trust but verify. Yeah. So. Ended on that. I Absolutely. Love it. All right. Hey, thanks for <laughs> thanks, having me. Thanks, man. High Point Capital Group is located at 1200 North Mayfair Road, Suite 300, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53226. Phone number 414-253-4600. Securities and investment advisory services offered through SagePoint Financial, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. SagePoint Financial is separately owned in other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of SagePoint Financial. Views expressed here should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned here. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Indexes are unmanaged and investors are not able to invest directly into any index. Sector investing may involve a greater degree of risk than investments with broader diversification. However, there is no guarantee that a diversified portfolio alone will outperform a non-diversified portfolio in any given market environment. No investment strategy, such as asset allocation, can guarantee a profit or protect against loss in periods of declining values. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, information should only be relied upon and coordinated with individual professional advice.